Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. loved one was at the end of its life was sick and dying of a particular disease and they talked about how they worshiped the Lord and as they worshiped the Lord then their loved one died and all that I didn't think anything about it and the Lord spoke to me and said they were not worshiping me he said if they were worshiping me that person wouldn't have died he said everywhere you worship and every time you worship my provision is released you know, this mentality that we have in our mind that, you know, we have to get old, get sick, and die. No, you just get old, you gather years, and then when you decide, you go on to the Lord. Amen? But the Lord spoke, he spoke that to me. He said, if they would have truly been worshiping, that disease could not have stayed in the presence of that worship. Now, you think about that a minute. Now, they might have been singing a song or whatever, but if they were truly worshiping God, there's no cancer there's no disease, there's no, there's no nothing at all can stand in the presence of God when God's people truly worship and praise God. Amen? Now don't get me wrong, I'm not belittling any family that gathers around a loved one and worship God, but if you are truly worshiping, what happens? The provision of God is released. The ability of God is released. Amen? Lift your hands up again and worship. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Since this is my spirit of season, we're fixing to pray in just a minute against storms in the Gulf. I don't know what's going on. I haven't seen any reports of anything, but we're going to pray against storms in the Gulf. But I want you, if you're here tonight and you have a fear of those storms, hurricanes of any kind, you say, Pastor, every time I hear that something may be forming in the Gulf, it just, it just, it just causes fear to come upon me. I want you to get out of your seat and come up here right now. I want you to get out of your seat. I know you're here. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. That happens to people. But if that happens to you, if you, you say, Pastor, every time they talk about something might be forming or this might be happening, that might be happening. I just got this, this fear that gets, tries to get a hold of me. You don't need to carry that. That'll torment you. That'll open the door for other things to come into your life. Amen. Hallelujah. You here? Come on up. Thank you, Lord. I want to lay hands on you. I'm going to bind that thing in you so you won't have to have that anymore. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to wait a minute. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, worship the Lord for a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is that you, Lucio, and another one here? Come on, there's a couple of more that need to come. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We don't need to, we don't need to have fear of any storm of any kind. Of any problem. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, first thing we're going to do, we're going to pray against any storms. Amen. Now, church, will you agree with me? We've had a beautiful summer, wonderful summer. It's going to come to an end. Fall is going to happen. and Pretty soon the cold fronts will start coming down out of Canada. And it'll cool off. But in the meantime, you know, those storms have an entity. They give them a name. When they give them a name, they gain an intimacy, they, uh, an, intimate, uh, 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 an identity. They are demonic. Amen. You ever notice they go against the natural order of things? They spin counterclockwise against the natural order of the way God created things. Amen. 
Every low pressure system is like that. And did you notice every low pressure system creates storms? So we're going to pray. That gulf is going to remain calm. We're going to enter into a beautiful fall season. Fall harvest is going to be beautiful this year and cool and wonderful. Amen. So let's pray, Father, right now. Church, agree with us in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you've given us authority over the natural realm. Jesus himself spoke to storms. I thank you tonight, Heavenly Father. We speak to the steering currents of the Atlantic, the Caribbean, the Gulf of Mexico. We speak to the north, the south, the east, the west winds. And we say you shall not and will not conspire to bring a major storm across this coast in Jesus' name. Father, we come into agreement right now. And in the name of Jesus, we say no storms on this coast in Jesus' name. Now I speak to the spirit of fear that has tried to get a hold of these precious men and women when it comes to these storms. And I say in the name of Jesus, be released from that in your spirit. In the name of Jesus, leave this young man alone. Never again to fear the storm. Never again to fear the storm in Jesus' name. In this young lady, in the name of Jesus, never again to fear the storm. Never again to fear the storm. Never again. Spirit of fear, leave her in the name of Jesus. Lord and Lucio, in the name of Jesus. Spirit of fear, leave him. Go from him in Jesus' name. No longer fears the storm. No longer fears the storm. No longer fears the storm. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands and worship the Lord. Lift your hands and just worship God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, now, now, now every storm we've dealt with in 30 years of ministry, now think about this. Every storm we've dealt with as a church or as a crusade and field ministry, we've seen that storm turn and go another direction except for one storm, and that was Ike. Now, we were in Hawaii doing a crusade. End of July, first part of August, freak hurricane spun off the, the Mexico coast, came up on the big island. They predicted it to be right upon uh, the Waianae coast, the area in which we were, predicted it to be there at the exact time of our conference. We stood in Pastor Joe Solis's church on a Wednesday night, and we spoke to that storm, and we commanded it to go in the name of Jesus. That storm literally came off the coast of the big island of Hawaii and ended up in the Aleutian Islands. They had never in the history of studying weather in the Pacific seen a storm do that before. When we left that crusade, the people at the hotel and, and talking, Leah was there when the man talked to us, they said uh, uh, he was with a Mormon, the, the, the J.W. Uh, Marriott is who owns the uh, Ihilani in, in uh, Waianae or in the uh, uh, Kaolina in Kaolina in Hawaii. And so he's standing there with his his uh, a supervisor he looked at us and said y'all had something to do with that storm turning and we said yes we did and he punched that Mormon man and said I told you they did another time we had a cat four storm Lee and I were preaching at Pastor Jeff and Eileen Hackelman's church in Huntsville, Texas there was a cat four storm and it looked like it was going to spin up and hit Abbeville, Louisiana right in the area of Vermilion, Paris, Lafayette at Jeff's church, we begin to speak to that thing. We commanded it to diminish. We commanded, actually, we, this is what we said. We said, we command the west wind to blow. 
We command the dry air to hit that storm. We command it in the name of Jesus, and boom. When I got up that morning, the surf was beautiful. I think I surfed all day that day. But that storm that night had diminished down to a Category 1, and when it hit Vermilion Parish, it was just a minimal tropical storm. Brought him a bunch of rain. Now, my dad's law partner, who was the mayor pro tem of, of uh, Texas City at the time, Carlos Garza, got a call from the Coast Guard. Now, this is what the Coast Guard told him. They said that night at about 2 in the morning, a bright light flashed in the top of the storm, and all of a sudden the wind switched from the west and sucked all the strength out of it. Amen. Now, listen, Ike hit, hit this island and devastated it. But Pastor Randy Ayers came and preached a message at fall harvest about three years ago that, was, that went like this. If the devil only knew what that storm was going to do for us, he would have never sent it. Because that storm took Island Church to another level. In the eyes of the city, in all that we do, and all that we... Listen, he tried to destroy, he tried to tear it up. God rebuilt it, gave us a great miracle that will always be part of the history of the church. Amen? We fed over what, Alan? How many meals? Where's Brother Alan? Thousands of meals. Remember how many? 45,000 meals in nine weeks. We, we, we gave away water and food and, and blessed people and went to their homes and did all kinds. I guarantee you God gave us a reputation here on the island that we would have got no other way. Let me tell you, we're the ones in control, not the devil. We exercise our authority. We exercise the power of God. We fear no storm. Amen. We're blessed of God. Everybody say, blessed of God. Say, blessed of God. Say it one more time. Blessed of God. Hallelujah. Come on, glorify Him. Come on and praise Him. Come on and exalt Him. Hallelujah, we glorify Your name. Praise God, praise God. Well, you may be seated. Glory to God. Before I get too excited here. We... Hallelujah. In your Bibles tonight, I invite you to turn to Genesis chapter 22. Then we're going to go to John chapter 4. Genesis 22, we know, we've studied it, two different subjects, we've studied Genesis chapter 22, we've studied it when we looked at redemption, also as an act of faith, acting on faith, now we're going to look at it from the standpoint of worship, we know the story, God had spoke to Abraham, he had instructed him to take Isaac, his only son, to Mount Moriah and to offer him for a sacrifice unto the Lord. Now, let me just say this. God's not into human sacrifice. Amen. But there is an issue of obedience here that ties directly to the blood covenant that God and Abraham were in. As we said in our teaching on redemption... God needed a man on the earth willing to offer his only son in a blood covenant with him so that that would release God to give his only son to shed his blood for us to obtain redemption for us. Somebody asked me one time, who sets the rules? It's not me. Amen. All I know is the Bible says that God does everything after the counsel of his own will. And he is God. 
I said, and he is God. So he's the one that sets the standards. He's the one that sets the rules. And he does not violate his word. Therefore, he needed a man on earth willing. Now, Isaac was not killed. He was not offered. But the act was still relevant. We studied it when we talked about the act of faith. How Abraham acted on what God told him to do. He did not back off. He did not quit. He did not question God. He did not privately panic. He did not publicly panic. He did what God told him to do. Even though in the eyes of some, it might have been that there would have been a risk involved. But I want you to know, when faith is involved, the risk element is removed. Let me try that again. Some of you really need to hear that. When faith is involved, the risk element is, review, is removed. Some people might see it as a risk, but if it's your act of faith, you do not see it that way. Now, we want to look at it. We're studying worship tonight, so let's look at it. Verse 4 says, The third day, this is after God had spoken to him, The third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder, and worship and come again to you. One scripture says that Abraham had already received Isaac as it were raised from the dead. He had so much faith in God because God had told him he would give him a seed that would perpetuate the covenant. That the covenant would be carried forth by that seed. That his family would grow into a nation. Out of that nation would come the seed that would bring redemption. God had promised him that and God could not do it without an individual. He needed Isaac to continue the lineage of faith and righteousness. Amen. So what may have seemed like to others a great uh, you know, risk. Abraham, how could you do that? How could you take Isaac up the mountain? You have no lamb. You have no offering. And God's requiring of you to kill your son. How could you do that? There's such risk involved in that. But Abraham did not consider what he was doing a risk. He considered it worship. Now let me say that. That's something we need to understand today because the Bible says Abraham is the father of faith for us all. That means he set a standard. He operated in such a way that if we will understand how he operated, we will also understand how God accepts our faith. Therefore, Abraham, his act of worship was tied directly to his obedience. Now, let me give you some examples. You know, the Lord may speak to you physically. Maybe you're going through a physical situation. The enemy's attacked your body. You've been prayed for. You've had hands laid on you. And maybe the Lord speaks to you and says, quit taking that medication. Or don't take that treatment. Or don't do this. Or don't do that. Or you say, well, oh, Lord, I, I, if I do that, then, 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 then I may die. Or I may get sick. Or I might be uncomfortable in some way. But if God speaks to you, if God tells you to do it, and you step out in obedience to do it, that's where the need and the provision come together. And what you're doing is an act of worship to God because you're placing all your trust in Him. The trust that you had in the doctor. The trust that you had in the medication. The trust that you had in this. The trust that you had in that. You've removed it from there and you've placed it upon your Heavenly Father and you've said, Lord, I trust you more than I trust this. Therefore, I will worship you by obeying you with this act of faith. Now, you cannot, you cannot speculate and do that. You cannot try it. Well, I, I think I'll try that tonight. You know, we'll have to call an ambulance for you by 4 o'clock in the morning. You know, you'll be squirming like a worm in a frying pan. Amen. 
No, no, because if you try it, it's not God. It's only by doing it. You get a word in your spirit. You've believed in your heart. You've confessed with your mouth. You've stood upon the word of God. I remember for several months, I stood on the word. I believed God. I obeyed God in everything he told me to do. I canceled no meetings. I canceled no, no, no social engagements. I went to every camp meeting. I did everything I was supposed to do. My body was racked with pain, with symptoms every day, every night. It seemed like that sickness and disease was going to overtake me. But I stood on the word, and I kept acting like I was healed. I was putting on an act. I'm telling you, I was putting on an act. You say, what do you mean you were putting on an act? I was acting like I was healed. How do you feel? I'm fine. Well, you look like you're, you look like you're wrecked with pain. I'm fine. By his stripes, I'm healed. Glory to God. See, that's not denial. That's refusing to allow the facts to dominate the truth. In so doing, that act of faith is an act of worship. And God receives that worship from his children. People don't like to hear that because they think that faith is a crapshoot. <sighs> Here we go. Let's see tonight if faith will work. Maybe he'll call me out of the crowd. Maybe they'll take me a special offering. Oh, this might be my night. No, that's not faith. That's not faith at all. Faith is being absolutely assured that God has sent a provision for you and you do not need the testimony of your flesh. Amen. To, test, to testify to the reality that you have it. You say, Lord, I thank you that I'm healed when pain's still in your body. You say, I thank you that I'm healed when the doctor's still telling you you're not. You say, I'm thanking that I'm healed when all the prescriptions are looking at you. You say, I thank you that I'm healed. You say, I thank you that I'm prosperous when you don't see any money in your account. You say, I thank you that I'm prosperous when they cut back your hours at the job. No matter what they do, you maintain your faith and you continue to act like what he says is truth even in the face of the facts. That is worship unto God. Mm-mm-mm. So I put some things down. Number one, worship strengthens resolve. I can see Abraham going up that mountain. He's not looking around. He's got his eyes fixed on the top of that mountain. Isaac, his son, asked him, hey, Dad, we got the knife, we got the fire, we got everything we need, but where's the lamb? I bet you just one time he turned to his son and said, God will provide himself a lamb. Isaac probably went, okay, no problem, no problemo. They weren't going on Isaac's faith. They were going on Abraham's faith. Abraham had to be willing to get on that altar, amen, when Abraham said, all right, son, you're going to be the one. I want you to get on that altar. He trusted his dad. He trusted that his father had enough faith, amen, to know what he was doing. Now, it strengthens your resolve when you act in faith and your act becomes worship. You say, what do you mean? A lot of people just do not resolve within themselves, I'm going to walk this thing through. I'm going through. I'm coming out on the other side. I have the victory in Jesus' name. I went into the storm with the victory. I'm in the storm and I'm still in the victory. And I'm coming out of the storm in the victory in Jesus' name. To worship strengthens your resolve to do that. You don't let this hindrance over here, this problem over here, this little setback here, this there. You say, no, no, my resolve has been strengthened as I worship God in obeying what he's told me to do. Secondly, it manifests your trust. Did you know God wants him to trust you? Wants wants you to trust him. 
You know, most people's problem when it comes to faith, they don't, just, they don't trust God. Now, don't get me wrong. We love our doctors. We love our bankers. We love our psychiatrists. Whatever it is that ministers to hurting humanity, we love them. But you've got to understand, God's on another level than that. We've said it for years, Jesus is not the great physician. Physicians treat, Jesus is the great healer. Amen. Your act of obedience, which is directly tied to your worship, manifests your trust. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Now, many sometimes that's not easy to do. Sometimes, especially if you've got death looking you in the face. Sometimes if you've got a financial ruin looking you in the face. Amen. Or whatever kind of situation. I remember Lee and I, uh, when we looked at this building, and we begin to figure out how really bad it really was when having no flood insurance. And, and, and Leah began to, we were standing in a, in a, in a closet and, and, and Leah began to weep and she, she, she began to say, it's some, maybe it's something I did, maybe I did something wrong, maybe this happened. And I just took her in my arms and I, my, my heart was just beating on the inside of me. I saw the end of the ministry. But out of my spirit came this. You can ask Leah, out of my spirit said, God will give us a miracle. God will give us a miracle. That's what I told her. And she looked back at me and she manifested trust. She said, I agree. He will in Jesus' name. And God did. He gave us a miracle. And I want you to know the same God that gave us a miracle in restoring this church, me a miracle in healing my body years ago, He is the same God. And you've got to realize when you begin to act on what God has told you to do and you say, well, pastor, He told me to quit taking medication and I felt so bad for three days. Manifest your trust by continuing to trust and worship Him. It may be the fourth morning you wake up with no symptoms in your body. Amen. With me, it took four months. It may be six months before there's a turnaround in your finances. But you keep tithing and offering over anything that comes in. You keep trusting God and making the confession and standing on the Word of God. And after six months and one day, you go out there to the check, go out there to the mailbox and reach in, and there it is. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or think. Right there in the envelope. Lynn, I've experienced that several times in our lives. When we first married, the first year we were married, 1986-87, oh, man, the bottom fell out of the field ministry. All these ministries got in mess. It was in the ABC and CNN every day, and these preachers were up there fighting and doing all this kind of stuff. Church had just shut down, quit having meetings. I hadn't preached in several months. We thought, what are we going to do? We had given our last dime away, and we just rejoiced and praised God. Amen. Leah took me out to eat at, what was the restaurant we used to eat at, the, the cafeteria? Luby's. Leah took me to Luby's that night on the tips she had made. We had no money. She had about $15 in tips, and we went to Luby's and ate. And we just rejoiced and praised God. We just had obeyed Him in our tithing. We'd obeyed Him in our offerings. We'd obeyed Him in the missionaries we'd support. I went that day and closed my savings account, took the last $50 out, sent it to Guatemala, and went dove hunting. That's what I did. I didn't sit at home and cry and moan and groan. That was my act of worship. I don't go shoot some doves, Lord. Hallelujah. I praise you. We went home that night. We looked in our mailbox. There were two envelopes. We opened up those envelopes. Our eyes got this big. It was thousands and thousands of dollars that carried us through September, October, November, December, into January. And we took off about the middle of January and never hadn't quit since. Amen. I mean, it manifests your trust. God wants to see. Well, He knows my heart. No, 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 no. Your heart can be deceitfully wicked. He wants to see you act upon what He has said. Mm -mm 
It releases your faith. It brings your faith into the natural realm. It brings the provision and the anointing and the power of God into the realm in which it manifests. The devil does not want you worshiping. He does not want you acting on the faith that is on the inside of you. He knows if they ever start up that mountain like Abraham did, I'm finished. If they ever start up that financial mountain, if they ever start up that physical mountain, if they start up that mountain of the problem in their marriage or their home or their business, if they ever start up that mountain, they're going to find out what God's all about. So he'll do everything he can do to try to confuse you, to try to mess your mind up, to try to keep you from doing what God is telling you to do. That's exactly the way he operates because he knows when faith manifests on the earth, provision is released in the natural. Supernatural provision, healing, prosperity, blessings, breakthroughs, deliverances, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. God has an arsenal of weapons in which he can demonstrate the defeat of the devil. Mm-mm-mm. Ah, that brings me to my last one. Number four, it recognizes the provision. You say, what do you mean? Isaac, he, I mean, uh, Abraham didn't see no ram. He didn't, we wasn't leading a ram on a leash. He's just walking up the mountain obeying God. I and the lad will go yonder and worship. We're going to go yonder and worship. We're not going to go fret. We're not going to go worry. We're going to go cry. No, we're going to go obey God. We're going to go obey Him. It may look like a risk to you, but it's no risk. It's risk-free. Why? Because God's involved. And then when he raised the knife, the angel said, Don't touch the lad, for now I know. Amen. I know you'll obey me. I know you're worshiping me. I know faith and the provision has come together. Look over there. Well, I'll be. There's a ram caught in the thicket. There it is right there. A ram caught in the thicket. Well, I guess that's just a coincidence. You know, I believe it's three, three different times in the Scripture it says that there are no coincidences in God. There may be in the world system, but not in this system. Not in this system. That means God has orchestrated things. God has set things up. He's raising some rams for you. They're out there looking for you right now. All you got to do is get involved in worship in your life by obeying and acting on the Word of God. And I guarantee you, He's going to open your eyes and the ram is not going to be running loose where you're going to have to catch it. Uh, somebody needed to hear that tonight. It's not going to be running loose. Well, I guess I got to go catch my ram. Here I go. Here I go. Oh, if I could just get the blessing. Oh, if I could just get my healing. Oh, if I could just. No, no, no. It will be what? Caught in the thicket. That means you can rise up, walk up, and receive it. That means God produced it, brought it to you, and is holding it for you. You missed a good opportunity to shout. That means God produced it, brought it to you, and he's holding it for you. All you got to do is reach out and take it. Everybody say, take it. How's my time? All right, we'll see if we can get into this. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. The woman at the well... Interesting story. The Bible says in verse 3, He left, being Jesus, He left Judea and departed again into Galilee, being Jesus. Now listen to verse 4. He must needs go through Samaria. Amplified says this, It was necessary for Him to go through Samaria. 
That means there was a purpose. Everything God does, there's a purpose to it. Amen? Everything God does, there's a purpose to it. It says, Then cometh thee to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, which is near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Then cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me drink. For his disciples were gone away to the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which are a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, Now listen to what Jesus said. If thou knowest the gift, the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw. The well is deep from whence thou hast that thou the well is deep, excuse me, thou hast nothing to draw, to draw with, and the well is deep from whence then hast thou living water. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well and drank thereof, and his children and his cattle? Now listen, what the woman just said here about this well is irrelevant. Are you with me? This is basically an irrelevant statement, but I believe the Holy Ghost put this in the Word to show us do not deal with things that are irrelevant. You are wasting your time, especially if you're in a crisis of life. You need a healing to manifest. You need some prosperity to manifest. You need something of God to show up in the natural realm. Don't waste your time with what went on wherever. Amen. That's what this woman's doing. Now Jesus answered and said, Whosoever drinketh of this water. See, he brings it right back to now. He doesn't answer her question. He doesn't deal with that at all. He brings it right back to the current situation. He says, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever shall drinketh of the water that I shall give shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give to be, shall be in him a well of water. Now, he's relating to salvation on the inside. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. A well personal. See, the salvation is likened to a well. Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is likened to a river. John chapter 7, see. The well springing up the river that's flowing. We'll teach on that a little bit. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Now see, her mind is not shifted into the spirit yet. She's still thinking about the natural water. She's not considering the spiritual water. Jesus said unto her, said, Go call thy husband and come hither. See, he was not willing to usurp spiritual authority. He didn't want to deal directly with her. That was not right. That was not in the order of God. So he said, now go call your husband. Amen. Should have got a better amen on that one. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and thou thou said is truly. Now this is the word of knowledge in operation. And Jesus is saying this, now, you're not fooling me in any way. I know who you are, but I've specifically and personally come to you. You've had five husbands. Now, listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. Are you ready? Don't get mad at me. He said it. And the one you're living with now is not your husband. Did anybody get that? Let me help you. 2013 vernacular. Quit shacking up. You wonder why God can't bless your house? Why God can't, why your body can't get healed? Why your fight? Don't shack up. If you love each other, get married or move out. 
I know a lot of churches don't say that, but I'm sorry. We just say that. We're going to stay with the Word. Amen. For thou hast had five husbands, and him who, him who thou now hast is not thy husband, and that thou sayest truly. The woman said unto her, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Now notice this. She said unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Now notice. Here's where, here we go. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. She is the one that is initiating the conversation to begin to turn toward the subject of worship. Because the Jews understood about worship. They understood that Abraham, their father, worshipped and provision was released. They understood it about Isaac. They understood it about Jacob, all the patriarchs. They understood how they did it in the law. They understood if these guys worship God, God blesses Israel. If they worship, God pours out His blessing. No enemy can defeat us. All provision flows toward us. We are the blessed of God. It's when we quit worshiping we get in trouble so she's the one that understood that there is great provision in worship therefore she initiates the conversation she brings it back to worship she says our fathers worshiped in this mountain and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship Jesus said unto her woman believe me the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain when you shall neither when you shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when true worshipers, I say true worshipers, true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit, notice the smallest, in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. He is looking for your acts of obedience that are acts of worship. He's looking, He's looking, He's wanting to see the reflection of Himself in you. What pleases a parent, what pleases a father or a mother is to understand a positive character trait in themselves and to see it in their child. When they see it in their child, there is a satisfaction that money cannot buy. When you see something in your own life that you know, my kid got that from me. Then you do what? You make sure that kid gets taken care of. And the father's looking around. Are there any faith people? Are there any faith people? Are there any faith people? Are there any faith? One preacher said God will skip over 100,000 spiritual, holy people to find one person that has faith. Why? Because only by faith can you worship. Our real worship, our true worship is not our slow songs. We do worship God like that. We worship God for who He is. But your true worship takes place in your obedience. Mm -mm -mm. And now is... True worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit. Now notice that very carefully. God is a spirit. It does not say God is spirit. It says God is a spirit. Unique, an individual, divine, 
deity. There's all kinds of definitions we can give to God, but he's not this humanistic ideal of, oh, well, he's in the sunset. He's in the wind and the trees. He's in the, he's in the eyes of a baby. No, listen, that is. And that sounds so spiritual, and people try to exalt that. And, and I've heard songs on the radio. I just, I just, no, 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 no I ain't, I'm not going for that. That's not what the Word says. God is a spirit. God, the God that we serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that brought us board, uh, brought us on board through Jesus, in which we have the new birth, a connection to Him, and we've been grafted into the vine of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob so we share in the blessing of redemption and the blessing of the old covenant. It all belongs to us. We don't operate by the old covenant. We operate by faith. We live in a dispensation of grace. We live in the acceptable year of the Lord. Faith pleases God. We operate by faith. But all, 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 all the promises of God are in Him, yea, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God by us. If a shepherd boy killed a giant, so can you. Come on, church, somebody needs to get a hold of this. There's no provision that God will not release unto us if we will worship Him for who He is. He is Elohim, the God, the creator of the universe. He is one entity with the ability to separate Himself in three unique, different personalities. God the Father, God the Son, or God the Word, and God the Holy Ghost. By the Son, we have access to the Father. By the work of the Son, He has received the person and the power of the Holy Ghost, put it in us as a well, put it on us as a river how can you fail you can't you're a success you listen you have to put forth an effort to fail you have to try hard because mercy will just carry you along I said mercy would just carry you along. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You hadn't served God the way you should. You hadn't lived the way you should. Now some fire is starting to get inside of you and you're wanting to serve God. But all those months and years back, it's a miracle that you didn't die or the devil didn't take you out and mercy just kind of swept you along, swept you along, swept you along because God knew your heart and God knew you wanted to serve Him but you were having a struggle with this and having a struggle with that and mercy just kept pulling you along and stringing you along and then all of a sudden you got the fire of God on the inside of you and you're in church on a Wednesday night. Amen? Oh, my goodness, my time is up. I was just getting started. God is a spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. It takes, real quick, humility, obedience, recognition of God, and effort on your part. And when you make a decision, my life is about worshiping God. Every obedient act of my life, my faith in manifestation is me worshiping God. I'm going to step out my faith. I'm going to worship you, Lord. When the Lord dealt with us about starting Island Church, we were, man, we were confused. We didn't know if God was mad at us. We didn't, couldn't really figure out why. Our field ministry was doing great. Churches were blessed. 
talked to a guy today that was talking to me about uh, our own field, our, our field ministry and how blessed churches would be when we'd go and, and things were happening. We had a building and staff and all this was going. And I'm thinking, Lord, and I, we're going to shut all this down. We're just going to shut it down. Man, if this ain't God, what is this going to do? Sure, there was questions. Sure, there was inhibition. But all of a sudden, a resolve came on the inside of us. We're going to worship God. And this act of shutting this one ministry down and stepping into something totally unknown, not only unknown, something that we have rejected for all of my ministry and all of our marriage. We said with our mouths. It shows you how God can do something sovereign even though your confession is wrong. We said that with our mouths, two things we'll never do. We'll never pastor a church and we'll never be parents. We'll never have a child. And I want you to know within a year we were pastoring a church with a little baby. You say, well, I thought your confession was wrong. Listen, my desire to worship was bigger than my confession. Therefore, I was willing to left off all the foolish things that I had said for many years and step into the provision of God and said, okay, we're going to worship you, Lord. We're going to worship you, Lord. Island Church will be an act of worship. It will be an act of worship. And God has blessed and God has increased and God's doing wonderful things. And we've had a blast and we're just getting started. We're just getting started. And the same thing's true of you. What is it? What is the demand that faith is putting on? What's it telling you to do? Physically, financially, emotionally, in your family, your marriage, your business, at your job. Step out and do it. Step out and obey God. Don't pull back. Be like Abraham. We're going to go. People say, you're crazy. What are you doing? We're worshiping God. We're worshiping God. They'll leave you alone then. They figure you done gone too far. They figure you done gone too far when you start saying stuff like, I'm just worshiping God. I'm just worshiping. They say, well, you just, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. They'll leave you alone then. But I guarantee you, your ram will show up. Your sword will show up. Your provision will show up. Your anointing will show up. There was a, there was a tape. My time's up, but I was close with this. There's a tape. Brother Ted had it, uh, has, has it, and I don't know if I've still got it. I have to look for it. A message preached by a man named Roy Hicks, who was a, one of the founders of the Foursquare Denomination. The title of the, the tape was The Speed of Light. And it talked about the Bible saying that God is light. In Him is no variableness or shadow of turning. That means wherever God is, you can't make a shadow because He is light. So he began to study the subject of light, and he began to see that light moves at 186,000 miles per second. That if you could supersede that speed, you would enter into a realm of timelessness. You could manipulate time. And God, the Bible says, God is light. He, he, he preached the message from the standpoint of God standing like on the hub of a wheel and all of time being spokes in front of him and his ability as being God is light. He can reach into 2014 and 15 and 2013 and September and October. He can reach back into 1996 when you were so hurt and this happened and heal that. And he can do, and he can do all of this for you if you'll trust him and believe him. He said he and his wife were traveling. She was pregnant, and they came around a corner, and there was a little sign. He said for years he had traveled that road, but there was a little sign flashing that said, Vacancy Hotel. He said he'd never seen it before, never seen it before. He said he came around the corner because at that time she was having problems. They desperately needed to pull over. They knew that the town that they were going to was some 80 miles away. He said that they came around this corner, and there's this light flashing hotel. So they got a room checked in. The next morning he got up, and he's talking to this man. He said, this man said, uh, 
you know, I never had any intention of, of opening a hotel. Actually, I built several rooms over here thinking that my family would come and live on this piece of property with me. They never came. So I just thought, he said, about six months ago, I thought I'd just go and build them all out and make this a little hotel where people could stop on their way to such and such city. He said he walked away from there and he said, God said, I knew that you'd need a hotel room. So I moved on this man six months ago to build these rooms out so you'd have a place to stay tonight. And that hit his mind, God is light. God is light. God reached down, six, knew my needs six months ahead of time, reached back six months ago, took care of that, took care of that. I never prayed. I never asked. I never even knew that I'd need it, but God provided it for me. That's the kind of God we serve, church. How many times has He done it for you? How many times is He going to do it for you? If you will just learn to worship Him, hallelujah. Stand on your feet and lift your hands and begin to worship God right now. Father, we do, we got a message in tongues real quick. Go ahead, Alan. Uh, it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true because it's in my word. It's true because I've said it in ancient times. So go ahead and receive it unto yourself. Go ahead and act on that which I've told you to do. Go ahead and step out and you'll see the provision was there all along. It's always been there for you. You've just not got to the place where you can see it yet. So worship me through your acts of faith. Worship me by stepping out and obeying and you will see an abundance of provision flow into your life, into this ministry, and in all that you desire to do. So make a decision in your heart today to worship in spirit and truth for I am seeking you to do so. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is so good. Hallelujah. It's hard to leave when you get in the presence of the Lord like this and the Word gets in your spirit. Amen. But I'm telling you, let's obey God in all that we do. And that's, you say, Pastor, say, Pastor how? It, it, it's hard. It's not easy. I know. There, there, it was hard for Abraham. That was a tough trip up the mountain. That's a tough trip. Tough, the four months that I battled with the disease, was, was, it was tough. But that resolve is in you. That strength, that courage, it's in you. And the more you act on the faith, the more it comes out. And you're able to stand on the truth and deny the facts. Amen. Father, we worship you tonight. Thank you for our provision of safety and protection. Thank you that your word says there shall no evil befall us. Neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place. So we rejoice, Father. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.